A wonderful part of living where we live is that we are surrounded, as you know, by rivers and streams and lakes that offer some of the best fly fishing anywhere in the world. And the good news is that other than a state license, a rod, a reel, some flies, the sport is not expensive once you have the equipment. In fact, it's free. And that's something that is special in this day and age. My wife, Regina, and I love to fly fish. Although, truth be told, she is the master, not me. And during the COVID shutdown, all of our children were home. And it was during the shutdown that Regina and I took our kiddos up to the inlet of Rudai Reservoir. And we chose that spot because it's a relatively easy place to fish with good odds of catching a trout. And we went there because we wanted our children, two of whom were over 21 at the time, to experience the, the joys of fly fishing. One of our daughters, I'm not going to say which one, agreed to fish with great hesitation. Shouldn't like to eat fish, shouldn't like to handle fish, shouldn't like to think about fish, doesn't even want to look at an aquarium. But this was our chance to give her a new perspective about things. Well, after showing her some of the basics of casting and stripping in line, she seemed to settle into actually enjoying herself. It was wonderful. That is, until something happened. I don't know how or why it happened, but, but it did. I was a good distance away from her casting when all of a sudden my line got snagged on a back cast. And I kept tugging at the line, figuring I'd, I'd get the line out of the snag relatively easily because there wasn't a lot of brush around to speak of. That's when I heard a scream. Somehow on my most recent cast, one of my flies ended up embedded in our daughter's left cheek. While dropping my rod, I ran over to her. She gave me a look of, how could you? <laughs> and she yelled, mom, mom, mom. No, 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 not you. I want mom to help me. <laughs> and as... The barb was fortunately pressed down. Regina was able to remove the fly relatively easy without much blood. And while there are no physical scars on her daughter's cheek, it may be a while until she goes fly fishing with me again. <laughs> well, last week our reading was from the 20th chapter of John. And chapter 20 describes a bunch of things. It details Easter morning, talks about the first time that Jesus appeared to his followers, talks about the story of, of Thomas and his doubts. And the last verse of chapter 20 says, in essence, all of this has been written down so you'll continue to believe. The Gospel of John could have ended at that point, but people think that either John or somebody in John's name had a bit more to say about the story of Jesus. And that is what we find in chapter 21 which begins with the words, and sometime later. We heard most of chapter 21 in our reading today, a reading with two wonderful stories that have a lot to say to us. And I like to call chapter 21, barbecued fish and other good news. In chapter 21, these two short stories happened after Jesus' resurrection. And for a moment, let's look at each of the stories briefly. In the first, Peter, and as I count it, six other disciples were out fishing. 
the boys decided to go out and see what they could catch. And some people wonder why on earth they would go fishing after seeing the risen Jesus. But I think it's because they were fishermen at heart. And perhaps they needed a few hours to collect themselves after going through all they'd been through by doing something very familiar. Well, despite their skill and their mastery of fishing on this particular occasion, they caught zero, zilch, nothing, nada. And while they were skunked, they were in for a big surprise. As they were about to head in from being out on the lake, they hear a fellow on the beach yell out, Try again, cast your net out one more time. Well, they did so, and they caught a bunch of fish. And then a disciple in the fishing boat says, Hey, Peter, that's Jesus there on the beach. And Peter, because he did not have a lot of clothes on because he was working fishing, suddenly puts on everything he has and jumps in the water and swims to Jesus. I suppose he wanted to dress for the occasion. But when the disciples all got back to shore, Jesus invites them to share breakfast and to fish on the feast on fish that Jesus had cooked up on a barbie. They had a bunch of fish because we're told they caught 153 of them. More on that story in a second. In the second story, after breakfast, Jesus spends some time with Peter on the beach. Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter responds, of course I do. Jesus asks Peter again, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, you know that I love you. Third time, Jesus asks, do you love me? And we're told that Peter felt hurt, perhaps because he thought Jesus did not trust that he loved him, but he again replies, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Well, as you may remember, in Greek, there are a bunch of different words for love. Here are just a few of them. Each word representing a different kind or aspect of love. Well, two of these words are relevant in this story here. In Greek, there's the word philia, which is the Greek word for love that represents the kind of love that friends have for one another. Then there's the word for love, agape. This is, as one person says, a love that's selfless and concerned with the greatest good of another person. It requires commitment and sacrifice, expecting nothing in return. It's the kind of love that is unconditional love. It's, it's the love that God has for us. Well, with this in mind, what's interesting is if you look at the dialogue between Jesus and Peter, and if you look at the Greek words that are used, in this reading, in John's Gospel, what's interesting is to pay attention to the Greek words that are used for love. And as I read it, the grammar may be a bit off because I'm intermixing some Greek and English, but anyway, here's what was being said between Peter and Jesus. Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter responds, yes. You know I have philia for you, Jesus. Jesus then asks again, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I have philia for you. And then finally, Peter asks, Peter, do you, Jesus asks, Peter, do you philia me? And Peter says, yes, you know that I philia to you. Note that at first, Jesus and Peter were talking about different kinds of love. Jesus asks, Peter, if he loved him with the highest kind of love there is, the love of God. 
But Peter responds to Jesus that he loves him as a friend. Now, we don't know why, but Peter's answer did not reflect the love that Jesus was asking him about. And yet, despite this, despite this difference, it was Peter upon, it was Peter upon whom Jesus depended to be a central figure in creating the whole Jesus movement. Now, there's a lot more to say about this part of the reading today that I'm going to have to save for another time. But for now, what I want to do is I want to look at what both of these stories have to say to us today. As we follow Jesus, it's important to remember that we celebrate the season of Easter from Easter all the way to Pentecost, the day that the Holy Spirit came upon people. I'm really glad that the Easter season goes on for a long time because it still sure feels a lot like Good Friday to many of us. There's so much horror going on around the world that we're all very familiar with. And things, for a variety of reasons, are stressful for many of us. The cost of living, to name just one. I believe we really need the Easter story this year. We need what it has to say to us. We need the Easter story to enfold us and inform us and surround us and envelop us. And so for a few moments, I'd like to look at the Easter story through our reading today and for some things for us to keep in mind as we go through these challenging days. Well, let's first look at the barbecued fish story. Remember when they went out fishing, they caught nothing? But Jesus came along and then they caught a ton of fish. Through this story of the risen Jesus, could it be a reminder to all of us here to remember not to give up, to keep at it, to persevere, to persist, to try, try, try again, to remember that when nothing seems to be happening, when our nets are empty, that God may very well be working behind the scenes to bring about something unexpected, but very good. And through the story of the risen Jesus and fishing, could it be a reminder that we are not meant to endure anything alone or on our own or by ourselves? You see, one key point of that story is that the disciples caught fish with the help of Jesus. And when our actions feel fruitless, when our experience is one of putting forth effort to no avail, when our nets, so to speak, are empty, when it feels as if as if we are spinning our wheels about something. Could this story help us to remind ourselves to turn to Jesus as the disciples did and ask Jesus for help and trust that God does not want us to endure anything without turning to God? Through this story of the risen Jesus and fishing, could it help us to remember that God is a God of the unexpected, the unanticipated, and a God of wonderful surprises? The fellows out on the lake had no idea how the day would turn out, but Jesus showed up and they had breakfast together. Can this help us to remain open to possibilities, to new things happening, and something wonderful coming along seemingly from nowhere? Can we remember these things from that story? And then there was Jesus' Q&A with Peter on the beach. Peter was so imperfect as we know. He didn't always understand. He blew it often. And in this story, Peter doesn't seem to quite get what Jesus is asking him. 
Yet it is the same Peter to whom Jesus trusted and had faith in and believed in and gave responsibility to. Might this story of Peter and his fallibility and the risen Jesus on the beach remind us that God not only gives us a second chance, but a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and ad infinitum chances? Can this story help us to go easy on ourselves when we blow it, knowing that God gives us endless opportunities finally to get it right? And perhaps this story can help us treat ourselves as Peter responded, as Jesus responded to Peter on the beach with boundless love and acceptance. But there's more. You see, throughout Jesus' life, every single person in front of him mattered. This was true when he taught. This was true as he walked from place to place, as he healed, as he hung on the cross. And it was true that day on the beach. Peter mattered profoundly to Jesus. So did every other follower. So did those who chose not to follow Jesus. And so do you and I. Might the story of Jesus on the beach and his interaction with imperfect Peter remind you and me this day once again that we matter to God in ways that we cannot conceive? Can the fact that you matter and I matter impact how we approach each day, our challenges and our heartaches, our successes, and how we treat others and ourselves, and even those who choose not to embrace us? And can both of these stories in our reading today, along with the Easter story, remind us, as I've said before, that the power of God that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power of God that is within each of us. Power to overcome, power to do over, power to persist, power to trust, power to love. And can these stories of the risen Jesus remind us that we have everything to hope for because eternal life is ahead for each of us. We might spend some of our days on earth in hell, but heaven is ahead. And can this infuse us with what we need to embrace every day as a gift, an appetizer that precedes the astonishing entree of eternity with God? You may remember the story of about fly fishing I began with this morning. Parts of that day were wonderful, parts not so much. Who likes to put a hook, albeit a small one, accidentally in your daughter's cheek? Life's like that, isn't it? The good, the not so good. Catching what we seek, not catching a darn thing. Days of abundance and days of zip. But it's my prayer for all of you that whatever river you are on right now, whatever the conditions are that you are experiencing, that through the good and the not so good, that we will take the Easter story at heart, to heart, that we will take it to reinforce and help us remember that we can persist and persevere with God's help, that God wants us to turn to God continually, that we can expect the unexpected and the unanticipated good from God. That God never gives up on us as God is a God of unlimited chances. That we matter profoundly to God. That God's power is within us and that we have everything to hope for. 
including eternal life. This is such great news in a world with such bad news. It's just great, great, great news. Yes, it's even great news on those days we unintentionally put a hook in the cheek of somebody we love dearly. Once again, happy Easter. And let us spend a few moments in quiet prayer.